What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. True crime, unsolved cases, strange disappearances. Join me as we travel through the timeline of some of the darkest acts in human history. I'm your host, Kevin Eustace, and welcome to the second season of The Deadly Countdown. Episode 6, David Berkowitz, The Son of Sam. Good evening. David Berkowitz, 24 years old, a postal worker, walked out of his Yonkers apartment last night, turned the ignition key in his car, and found himself surrounded by police. Well, he said, you got me. Police say those words ended the biggest manhunt in New York City history, with the capture of Son of Sam. That very news report let New Yorkers everywhere, and indeed people around the world, know that one of the most sought-after murderers in history had finally being caught. David Berkowitz, the son of Sam. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the case of the son of Sam, and we're going to look at more than just the murders, but also some conspiratorial things too. However, before we take a closer look at one of the most notorious murderers in history, we of course need to thank our wonderful team over at Patreon. By joining our wonderful community over on Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also gain exclusive access to the Patreon-only podcast, Cold Case. Cold Case is released each and every fortnight and takes a look at some of the most famous unsolved mysteries and crimes throughout history. Over there, for your listening pleasure, we've already covered cases like the Black Dahlia, the disappearance of D.B. Cooper, and this very weekend, we take a deep dive into the Dyatlov Pass mystery. So, if you like the idea of early ad-free releases for all episodes, including debuts and finales, and of course, access to the Patreon-only show, Cold Case, our Patreon may well be the place for you. We've built a wonderful community over there and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the deadly countdown. Just like the following new team members have Carrie Wells, Elijah Burnett, Timothy R, Katie, Phoenix, Ashley Jane, Won't Stop, Maya Singh, Out There Pictures and Lisa R. Thank you so much, guys. Your support truly means the world. Without your support, there is no Deadly Countdown. So if you like the idea of early ad-free releases and, of course, access to that Patreon podcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Deadly Countdown. But right now, for David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, let's start the Deadly Countdown. Today, we venture into a chapter of history that still echoes in the annals of true crime and will forever. The harrowing saga of David Berkowitz, better known as the Son of Sam. Over 40 years ago, 
his reign of terror, cast a shadow over the bustling streets of New York City, leaving a trail of both fear and unanswered questions. So what compels us to revisit these dark alleys of the past? Well, the Son of Sam case is not just a tale of a serial killer, but a complex narrative that intertwines psychological disturbance, media frenzy, and a city under siege. As we unravel this story, we'll confront the chilling reality of how one individual's twisted motivations can hold a large metropolis hostage and challenge the very essence of law and order. In this journey through the shady path of the Son of Sam, we'll explore each grim chapter of Berkowitz's crimes. We'll delve into his troubled past, the chilling details of his attacks, and the relentless pursuit that led to his eventual downfall. Through this exploration, we seek to understand not just the who and the how, but also as usual, the why. The enigmatic motives that drive these heinous attacks. So let's start our journey that will take us truly into the heart of darkness. A journey we seem to take each week where we try to understand just how low human depravity can go but also we learn about the resilience and determination of people in the face of unspeakable fear. As with most of the depraved murderers we feature on the show, Berkowitz's story begins not with the crimes that made him infamous, but at his birth on June 1st, 1953, in Brooklyn, New York. Born Richard David Falco, his entry into the world was under circumstances that set the stage for his later adoption. His biological mother, Betty Broder, had a complicated personal history. She was married to Tony Falco, but had a relationship with a married man, Joseph Kleinman, after her husband left her. And it was this relationship that led to the birth of Richard David. Betty, already struggling with the societal stigmas and personal dilemmas of being a single mother in the 50s, faced additional pressure from Kleinman, who reportedly threatened to abandon her if she kept the child. Wrestling with the burden of these circumstances, Betty made the decision to give up her newborn son for adoption and stayed with the man who threatened to leave her unless she'd done so. Enter Pearl and Nathan Berkowitz, a middle-class Jewish couple who longed for a child. Unable to have one of their own, they turned to adoption to fulfil their dreams of parenthood. And so, when the opportunity arose to adopt Richard, they did not hesitate. 
In adopting him, they gave him a new name, David Berkowitz, and endeavoured to provide him with a stable and loving home. The Berkowitz family lived in a modest apartment in the Bronx, where Nathan worked as a hardware store retailer. Pearl was a homemaker. They were a family with modest means, but rich in the love and care they offered to their adopted son. However, despite their best efforts, David struggled with the knowledge of his adoption. He felt a sense of abandonment and a deep-seated feeling of not belonging. Emotions that were compounded by the loss of his adopted mother to breast cancer when he was just 14 years old. This tumultuous beginning to Berkowitz's life, marked by adoption and the complex circumstances surrounding it, planted the seeds of an identity crisis that would grow and grow and fester over the years. It was in these early years in the quiet streets of the Bronx that the initial chapters of Berkowitz's life unfolded, long before he became the infamous Son of Sam. His ongoing struggle with trying to accept being adopted always made him feel out of place, a sentiment that grew stronger and stronger with time. Therefore, his school life was not only unremarkable, but peppered with instances of bullying and social isolation, further fueling his inner turmoil. The young Berkowitz also exhibited a disturbing fascination with destructive behaviour. He was known to have started numerous fires and had an affinity for arson which was a troubling indication of his desire to control and destroy. These early signs of pyromania were harbingers of the most sinister path he would later take. Berkowitz enlisted in the US Army in 1971. However, this did little to quell those inner demons. He served in the US and South Korea, and although his service record was uneventful, his return to civilian life marked a significant downturn in his mental stability. It was during these post-military years that his behaviour became increasingly erratic, and his descent into darkness accelerated. In this early chapter of Berkowitz's life, we see a mosaic of factors, adoption-related issues, social alienation, and a penchant for destruction, all intertwining to form the psyche of a man who would later unleash a reign of terror on New York City. David Berkowitz's descent into notoriety began one warm summer night in July 1976. The streets of New York, usually buzzing with life, 
became the backdrop for a series of crimes that would terrorise the city for well over a year. The first known attack occurred on July the 29th, 1976, in the Bronx. Donna Loria, 18, and her friend Jody Valenti, 19, were sitting in Valenti's car when Berkowitz approached. Without warning, he fired at them, instantly killing Loria and wounding Valenti. This unprovoked attack marked the beginning of the Son of Sam's reign of terror. On October the 23rd, 1976, in Queens, Berkowitz struck again. Carl DeNaro and Rosemarie Keenan were sitting in Keenan's car when Berkowitz fired shots into the vehicle. Thankfully, both victims survived, although DeNaro suffered severe injuries. The randomness of the attack confounded the police, who, at that point, were still unaware they were dealing with a serial killer. Just over a month later, on November the 27th in Queens, Berkowitz's third attack targeted two teenage girls, Donna DeMassi and Joanne Lomino, as they walked home from a movie. Berkowitz approached and asked them for directions before shooting them. Both were seriously injured, and Lomino was left paralysed. Then, on January the 30th, 1977, in Queens, Berkowitz took his second life. Christine Frund and her fiancé were sitting in their car when Berkowitz randomly fired several shots. Freund died hours later, deepening the fear that now gripped the city. The randomness of these crimes, the surviving witnesses seemingly having conflicting information regarding the attacker. New Yorkers everywhere were slowly coming round to the fact that the son of Sam was closing a grip of fear around the entire city. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. By March the 8th, 1977, Berkowitz's violence escalated. In Forest Hills, he shot Virginia Voskerichian, a 19-year-old college student, as she walked home. His cold-blooded, execution-style murder signalled a terrifying progression in his modus operandi. Then, on April the 17th in the Bronx, he committed his first double homicide. Berkowitz shot Valentina Suriani and Alexander Essau whilst they were sitting in their car. Both victims died 
and Berkowitz left a letter near the crime scene, both taunting the police and naming himself the son of Sam. Two months later, on June the 26th, at a disco in Queens, Berkowitz targeted another couple. Salvatore Lupo and Judy Palacido were shot as they sat in their car. Now, despite numerous injuries, both survived. But there was a clearly emerging pattern of targeting young couples as they sat in their cars. The following month in Brooklyn, Berkowitz committed his final known attack. He shot Stacey Muscovitz and Robert Violante, both 20, as they sat in Violante's car. Moscovitz died from her injuries, and Violante was left permanently blind. Throughout his spree, Berkowitz communicated with the police and the media, sending taunting letters that added to the growing media frenzy and public fear. His letters, filled with disturbing content and satanic references, created a media sensation. Casting him as both a real and mythical figure of terror. This communication not only terrorised the city, but it also provided crucial insights into his disturbed mind. An example of one of those heinous letters reads, Dear Captain Joseph Borelli, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman-hater. I am not. But I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young, raped and slaughtered. Their blood drained. Just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic too. I can't get out, but I can look out of the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I'm on a different wavelength than everybody else. Programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill, or else keep out of my way, or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He's had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh, me hoot, it hurts, sonny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am 
the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt. My life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill any more. No, sir. No more. But I must. Honour thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to Yahoo's. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ugh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. Each attack left a deep scar on the community. The victims, young and full of life, had their futures brutally snatched away or irrevocably altered. Their families were thrust into a nightmare, grappling with loss and trauma and the ripple effect of these crimes extended far beyond the immediate horror, affecting entire neighbourhoods and the city at large. The Son of Sam case presented a daunting challenge for the NYPD. With no apparent motive, no connection between the victims, and a city brimming with potential targets, the police were literally grappling in the dark. The randomness of the attacks, the elusive nature of the perpetrator, all created an atmosphere of urgency and frustration within the law enforcement community. In response to the mounting pressure, the NYPD formed a special task force called Amiga to hunt down the killer. Now, this task force comprised of over 200 officers. Amiga was one of the largest manhunts in New York's history. They combed through clues, interviewed witnesses, and followed up on hundreds of leads. But the breakthrough seemed elusive. The investigation saw the usual twists and turns but the most significant breakthrough came from an unlikely source. A parking ticket. On the night of the Moscovitz and Violante shooting, a woman saw Berkowitz getting a parking ticket near the crime scene. This seemingly mundane detail turned out to be the linchpin in the investigation. Further investigation revealed that that car belonged to David Berkowitz. The police traced the car to his apartment in Yonkers, where they found a rifle 
and a 44 caliber bulldog revolver, the very weapon used in all the shootings. This discovery finally brought the manhunt to a close. As usual, the media played a pivotal role in the Son of Sam case, both in a good and a bad way. Berkowitz's letters to the press and the police, filled with cryptic messages and taunts, were sensationalised, creating a media frenzy. This sensationalism often hindered the investigation by spreading fear and misinformation. However, it also kept the case in the public eye, leading to crucial tips from citizens. So, on August the 10th, 1977, the long and terrifying saga of the Son of Sam came to an end. David Berkowitz was arrested outside his Yonkers apartment. Upon his arrest, he reportedly said, Well, you got me. How come it took you such a long time? This capture brought relief to a city that had been on edge for over a year. As you could imagine, Berkowitz's trial was a media circus. He initially pled not guilty to the charges, but later changed his plea to guilty, claiming that he'd been obeying the orders of a demon that took the form of a dog. His bizarre behaviour and claims of demonic possession added a surreal quality to the proceedings. Despite these claims of insanity, Berkowitz was found competent to stand trial and he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences, ensuring he would never walk free again. The trial brought some closure to the victims' families, but it also raised questions about the very nature of evil and the human psyche. In prison, Berkowitz's demeanour changed. He became a born-again Christian and began to express remorse for his actions. He also claimed that he'd been part of a violent satanic cult that assisted in the planning and execution of the murders. A claim that's been met with scepticism, but adds another layer of mystery to an already mysterious and complex case. The Son of Sam case has had a lasting impact on both society and the legal system. It led, for example, to the enactment of Son of Sam laws, designed to prevent criminals from profiting from the publicity of their crimes. The case also had a profound effect on the psyche of New York City itself, leaving a legacy of fear and heightened awareness of the dangers that can lurk in normal urban life. But... As a curveball, let's take a deeper look at Berkowitz's claim he was part of a larger group, the so-called Sons of Sam. 
almost an urban myth. But there are some people who believe that not only was Berkowitz telling the truth, but the sons of Sam continue to this very day. But is there anything that backs this up? According to Berkowitz, this cult had its roots in the neighbourhood of Yonkers and was deeply involved in satanic rituals and practices. He claimed that these rituals often culminated in discussions and plans for the murders, with various members being assigned different roles in the execution of those plans. Berkowitz even went as far to name specific individuals who were allegedly involved, leading to a series of new investigations and inquiries. But these claims were met with a mix of scepticism and intrigue. Skeptics pointed to Berkowitz's history of mental illness and attention-seeking behaviour, suggesting that these claims were yet another fabrication of a disturbed mind seeking to inject drama into his own narrative. However, for others, these revelations opened up a Pandora's box of possibilities, suggesting that the Son of Sam case was far more complex than initially believed. It raised questions about the existence of other perpetrators who might have escaped justice, and about the depth of Berkowitz's involvement in cult's activities. Documentaries and investigative works have since explored all of these claims, delving into the wider possibility of a conspiracy. Some investigations have uncovered circumstantial evidence that suggests Berkowitz may not have acted alone, including eyewitness testimonies and inconsistencies in the crime scene evidence. Despite these investigations and conspiracy theories, Berkowitz's claims about the sons of Sam and the involvement of a satanic cult remain largely unproven. The lack of concrete evidence and the passage of time have made it increasingly difficult to conclusively validate or refute these allegations. Nevertheless, they have added an enduring element of mystery and speculation to the Son of Sam saga, ensuring it remains one of the most intriguing and debated cases in the annals of American crime history. In closing, let us honour the memory of the victims and the resilience of a city that, despite being pushed to the brink, stood strong in the face of unspeakable terror. The story of the Son of Sam is a cautionary tale, a reminder of the ever-present need for vigilance in a world where evil can emerge from the most unexpected of places. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time with me right here on your show, The Deadly Countdown. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss next week's episode 7 of season 2 of The Deadly Countdown. 
But right now, for David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, let's stop the clock. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 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 Hero